Welcome to They Teach That, a podcast about film, video, and TV production programs in our schools. I'm your host, Kevin Patterson. Okay, so I last posted an episode on August 14th. It has been over 10 months. Uh, I had thought at the time that I would be able to get a few episodes produced in the fall. And then, you know, maybe some like over the breaks, like winter break, spring break, things like that. But that didn't exactly happen. Uh, My son was born on September 15th. And he's been about everything in my life now for the past nine months uh, has been just all been focused on him. So I apologize for not having any content for everyone to consume. uh, But I've got some audio recorded and I'm aiming to get some new content out over the course of this summer. It's currently mid-June and I'm hoping over the next couple months to get you uh, you a good handful of episodes, a good season of episodes um, to, to hopefully get you geared up for the the upcoming school year. So in addition to today's episode, I do have three more uh, episodes where I have content recorded. Uh, Still have to work on editing those and I'm hoping to do that by the end of this month. No promises, uh, but that's definitely my goal. So what I can promise though is that the format for each of those episodes uh, will actually be different than what I've done so far um, and should hopefully make things a little more interesting. Um, for today's episode, uh, I am, had a conversation with Tracy Meisner from Alpharetta High School in Georgia. I actually recorded this episode uh, the night before my wife was sent to the hospital to be induced. Uh, she wasn't due for another week at the time, so uh, when I recorded this episode with Tracy, I thought I'd have time to be able to get it edited and, and posted that weekend. Um, instead, we were sent into the hospital on Thursday night to induce, and by Saturday night, uh, I became a father to whom I think is the cutest baby in the world, and if you want to make that determination for yourself, I sometimes tweet pictures of him, so go follow me on Twitter, at uh, Kevin Patterson, and uh, you, know, you can figure out how cute he is for yourself. But uh, getting back to my conversation with Tracy, if you don't know who Tracy Meisner is, Um, then you probably worked at the 2016 Student Television Network convention in Atlanta. At that convention, not only was he named the National Teacher of the Year that year, but he won the National Teacher Video Contest as well. Uh, So you'll hear us reference that particular video entry he did. Um, It's a really cool story. It's called Expect the Unexpected. You could look it up on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, His channel is called The the Video Teacher, so it's called The Video Called Expect the Unexpected, and it's on a channel called The Video Teacher. Really cool entry, Um, one of my favorite uh, uh, entries that I've seen from a a teacher for that particular contest. Um, You're going to hear me mention his philosophy, run it like you own it, which uh, during the interview I mistakenly called run it like a business at first. Um, But Tracy's experience does stem from initially running a business Um, And so that kind of guides him as an instructor, and you're going to hear him talk about that. So uh, in this episode, he talks about how he sees his broadcast as an important marketing tool for his program. Uh, The morning show has really, really helped our program uh, because for us teachers, video teachers, it's the face of your program. So if you're producing a crappy program, stop. (laughs) Just stop right there and go... What will it take to produce something better? How in order to run your program effectively as an advisor, you have to create buy-in. One of the first things I tell students is that edit bay and that Mac, that's yours. That's your computer. And how maybe if you've thought of your students as employees at times, 
consider instead thinking of them more as customers. When the student tells you what they want to learn, it's kind of like them telling you what they want to eat. So if you're a restaurant and, it, and your patron says, I want a steak medium rare, well, by God, you better give them a steak medium rare. Because if you give them a steak well done, he may eat it, but he's not coming back. We also divert into talking a bit about my son, so uh, towards the end of the episode, we kind of take a bit of a detour on that, so sorry. Uh, but I have no shame in leaving it in the final edit. Uh, just hit the skip button a few times if you really want to when you get to that point. Um, all right, so, but without further ado, first episode of 2019 posted, even though we're already about halfway through 2019. Uh, but this is Tracy Meisner from back in September of last year. Let's get to it. All right, I'm here with Tracy Meisner. I should make sure I pronounce your last name right, Tracy. It's Meisner? Yes. You got yes. it correct. All right, perfect, because uh, I've, I've made that mistake before, and, and people don't correct me, and uh, I feel bad later realizing, like, crap, I pronounced that wrong. So Tracy Meisner. Tracy, how, uh, how is your school year going so far? Um, pretty damn awesome. Uh, I'm a little spread thin right now, because uh, I'm producing a number of videos, and one that has to get out this evening, so uh, this is kind of a nice break for me to kind of step back for a minute and then go right into editing again. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a great year. What are what are you making the video for? Um, probably the same as everybody else at this time. Uh, curriculum night. So um, tomorrow we'll have parents coming in and uh, the teacher, of course, or the principal asked me to produce a curriculum night video and of course the principals all believe that you shoot it and then it's done like just magically it happens and it's like no I actually did 20 interviews with students and did a whole bunch of uh, stuff and then the other night I did one for our high school foundation one for the uh, invitation for curriculum night um, and then uh, I'm, I'm always producing, I'm always doing something aside from teaching. Yeah. Jesus. They, they, uh, they, they keep you busy. My gosh. I mean, I, we did a, we had our open house a couple weeks ago and, uh, I have to do that every year as well. So, uh, you know, I, I feel, uh, feel you there, but, uh, man, you, that's, this is like your third video of the year so far. Uh, no, it's probably my fifth or sixth or seventh. And then I also produce videos to make money, um, so I'm constantly producing. So I'm I'm live down in my studio, and um, teaching definitely keeps me busy. Uh, grades are the bane of my existence, uh, but fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I I have a pretty good system to knock out grades really quickly and easily. All right. Well, maybe I can talk about that in uh, just a little bit. I I do find I do find that producing myself, like when I when I get into making a video, it's it, it's helpful because the more that you do, the more that you're learning yourself, and that it's helpful as a teacher because you you're right there with your students and you, you 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 understand what they're doing and what they're going through when you stay active and involved in it yourself rather than just you know sitting at the desk and and watching them or just standing over them and watching them do it. It's uh it's it definitely helps you be able to communicate and and you know, relate to what your students are 
trying to figure out and, and learn in the process. Exactly. I'm, I've been doing this for 25 years, and there isn't a day that goes by that I don't learn something new. Like, oh, I'll never do that again. Uh, but yeah. uh, fortunately, it's a little bit easier, and I'm always expecting my videos to turn out like my students. And, like, I'm shocked even now that when I produce a video, like, wow, it actually came out pretty nice. Oh, yeah, and I did a 9-11 tribute video. So, yeah, I forgot about that one. So, yeah, it um, keeps me busy, but it keeps me out of jail. <laughs> so just because I'm sure other teachers um, have to do this as well, that, that, so you, you talk about how you're working on your curriculum night video and uh, at my school, it's, we call it open house, but yeah, I'm sure other teachers are left with a scenario where their principal comes to them and says, Hey, we're having a parent night or whatever, you know, you call it at your school and they have to make a video as well. So just out of curiosity, what do you do for, for your video and, uh, what do you have to go through to put that together? Um, so, uh, I make my principal give me the day off. Um, so I, I don't want to have to deal with, I, I'm either producer or teacher. I can't be both at the same time. Um, so I reached out to, we were an IB school. Uh, so I reached out to the instructors for IB, uh, reached out to student council and reached out to the FBLA. And I got, um, six students from each of those categories and then I ask all six of them individually the same questions, like what makes Alpharetta a great learning environment? Of course, they're going to tell you what makes Alpharetta a great learning environment. And then I usually close it out with, like, describe Alpharetta High School in one word. And then on top of that, I'll also ask them to give me a tagline for Alpharetta High School. Like, McDonald's, I'm loving it. Nike, just do it. Alpharetta High School, and then they'll give me a tagline. And out of that tagline, one of them will close out the video. Um, and then, um, before that, I, I script that, and I spend the first part of the morning shooting B-roll. And I go through the entire school shooting B-roll. I have a drone, so I will do some droning, and um, and then I have an archive library of everything that I shoot during the year. And I throw it home, and uh, I shoot the interviews at lunch. Everybody comes in. I have a, a studio. They come in one at a time, get them in, get them out, and then I leave, and I start throwing stuff together. So... Um, Aside from that, I was also at a, a meeting in Nashville on Monday. So I was in Nashville Sunday and Monday. So I came back Monday night, and I'm also on the board of our foundation. So um, got a lot going on. And then football, of course. So, um, But the video usually is about a three-and-a-half-minute video, and maybe four minutes, and it's a rah-rah, like, look how great we are. Mm -hmm. um, and a feel-good piece, and then uh, I send that out, all the teachers show it, and then we do our dog and pony show. And 
you know the drill. How long have you been teaching? Uh, this is year eight for me. Okay, and, uh, you're you're like yeah, over the uh, hump. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I had a teacher at the beginning of the year say. You know, you're at that point where like you're 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 you got to decide like if you're in this for the long haul. Like you're you're in that like uh that point of no return uh kind of year. Yep. Um. Yeah, we do. The, I have to do the, the similar type of. So our open house video ends up usually being about twelve minutes, but. A chunk of that is the principal standing and saying a, a whole spiel that's scripted every year. Uh, yep. But then uh, I, I so ours used to just be voiceover. Uh, it was like a you know just this this kind of just very simple script that was the same thing every year. They're just changing a few facts around um, to update it, and it was just a voiceover. And I would just add in B roll. But a few years ago, I decided to to do interviews and decided you know what this is what we do in class. Why don't I do this for this video and do these interviews? Um, and so adding like interviews in it to make it seem more, you know, not, not really like a reporting segment. It's just, it's a promotional video, but, uh, putting people's faces on the screen. And so I kind of, you know, chucked out some of the script that they always hand me every year and said, I'm just going to have people talk and just talk about the school. And, um, and then I usually, so you actually like go through like recording all sorts of new footage. And I just simply, I, I'll, I'll usually just take whatever we have in our archives from the year before and. Oh, talking about sports? All right, let me hear some sports clips. Or <laughs> I just try to find anything generic I can with mine. But. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And then I I also, I do have a voiceover. Um, there's a gentleman in Texas that I use for my voiceovers. He was teaching video. And about five years ago, he just emailed me out of the blue and said, Hey, um, I'm a new teacher. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, can you help me? And I gave him my website. And basically gave him a year's worth of lessons. And as a thank you, um, well, I started watching his morning show. And I noticed it looked eerily similar to our morning show. And um, I uh, asked him who did his voiceover. And he said that he did. And he was a professional voiceover guy. So I... Uh, asked him if he would do some voiceovers. So I tend to write about a 45-second clip. I like to keep my videos really, really concise, a lot of footage, and very, very fast-paced. If somebody's on the screen longer than, say, 15 seconds, that's really long for me. That's, like, it, it's quick snippets. Um, so I'm very down and dirty, kind of fast-paced editing. So that's what I do. Fantastic. Uh, Tracy, let's go ahead and get into talking about uh, your path into a classroom and, and you know, how you got to, to where you're at. I know that you, um, you started teaching in 2009 and uh, had previously, I think if I'm remembering correctly, you, you ran your own business. Um, so tell us about some of what you did before you got into teaching and uh, how you ended up finding yourself in a classroom and, and to where you're at today. Um, so my background is in recording engineering. Uh, I graduated from Belmont University as a recording engineer. Um, was in the recording business for a very, very short minute and um, wound up actually taking over my father's metal roofing company. That's where I got a lot of my business experience. And after eight years of that, 
I realized I hated it, and I sold everything and wanted to start something new, so I started a video company. I knew about as much about video as our level one students know in August. So, not much, but uh, I put together a business plan, and um, it was successful. And uh, around 2004, the high school that I teach at now, which is Alpharetta High School, placed a student in my studio as an intern. And that turned out to be very, very successful. And fast forward four years later, um, after having been in doing video for 15 years, they emailed me, like out of the blue, hey, could you come check out our school? Um, I hadn't been in a high school other than my kids and I um, actually went down there and saw something like, wow, I could actually do this. And so I signed up. And my first day on the job, I realized, holy crap, I, I don't know what a lesson plan is. I, I, I've never, they just gave me the keys. Like, here you go. Here's the keys. Ta-da. And every day I would go to school, and I'd be all smiley, and every day I'd come back all grumpy, and my wife would say, did you think that those kids actually wanted to be in your class? And I was like, well, yeah, I, I thought they would, and they really didn't. And so that first year I worked on cleaning up the mess, which was... My video program, just like every other video program, was a dumping ground. And that's where the counselor said, oh, you have behavior disorder? You should take video. You failed every other class? You should take video. You can't speak English? You should take video. You're blind? You should take video. Um, so I spent that year um, taking over video. And... Uh, because I'm a business person, I've realized the people feeding my program were the counselors. So that was the first place I targeted was the counselors. Took them out to lunch, bought lunch for them, did videos for them, did everything I could, and I won them over. And that helped get me the start of my program. So here I am. 2018, uh, three years uh, left to go before I retire. And then I'm out. <laughs> but those are going to be three good years coming up, I bet. Yeah, um, I um, really, really good years. Uh, today I was on the phone with SCAD, uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, and they realized that we are a uh, pretty darn good school as far as sending students to college um, and they have offered to fly me down to Savannah um, put me up for four days and treat me as a VIP for the Savannah Film Festival so that's that, cool. yeah so it's it's nice and I've done a lot of things outside of my class which helps my students ultimately. And that's, 
I, I have two goals. One is to help my students get into industry, and two is to help video teachers overcome all the pitfalls that I went through in my class. So uh, I'm achieving both goals. Awesome. Uh, I saw that – well, so the um... – the, the, the meeting that you had, or not really meeting, I guess, the you, taking your counselors out and, and winning over your counselors, I'm kind of curious. So, you know, once you kind of achieve that step of communicating with your counselors and making them really understand you and your program, uh, you know, what what happened after that as far as uh, developing your program? And, and they, 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 you know, they finally kind of understood what your program is, and so that helps them communicate to the students. But then... You know, once you're starting, you start being able to kind of get, you know, the recruit in the students, I guess, that you want into your program. What did what else happened from there? Um, so there there's a couple of things. One is it's called the buy in. So you have to actually show students this. What's in my hand? There's nothing in my hand. You have to make them believe that what you've got is the most awesome thing. So you have to be a salesman. I mean, that's number one. You have to be a salesman. So you have to tell parents and students, this is awesome. This right here in my hand. And pretty soon they start to believe it. Um, so that first year, um, the morning show that is now the success that it is, um, I actually wrote it, shot it, produced it, directed it, and edited it because I didn't have any students that I could count on. So I went down to the drama department and got their people, their actors, put them in front of the screen and started producing a show that students wanted to watch. And all of a sudden, my program went from, I think I had like 80 students that first year. Um, and I didn't even have enough to get me through a whole day. But I talked to the principal and I told her that I would produce videos for the school if they wouldn't cut my pay. And so they did that. Um, the next year, um, I taught without a planning period. So I went from four classes to six classes in one year. And went from 80 students to, I think at that time, was about 120 students. Um, we're now at 100 and, uh, I'm sorry, we're now at over 200. Wow. Um, so we are, we are, like, packed. And um, so the big thing about business is you under-promise under and over-deliver. So that's what I did, and the counselors started sending me students that were really, really good. The other thing that I realized is they had my upper-level students because they were producing a live morning show. I'm, I'm not a big fan of live morning shows, and I, I don't want to offend anybody that does. That's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. Um, stress that I don't want to take on. So I moved my, um, my upper level class from first period to fourth period where there's lunch. What I realized is first period, all the good students, all the good seniors are not on campus. 
they're all taking college English. So as soon as I did that, all of a sudden my student body went up, the quality of the students. And then I started being very, very rigorous, and students either could do it or they couldn't. And then I had to decide if they can't do it, is it because it's too hard or they don't want to? And if I realized that it was too hard, I learned to be patient. So my, what I look at my program, I look at it like you're learning a new instrument. So you're not going to learn a new instrument in one year. It's going to take three years. So if you're willing to invest three years in my program, I'm in it, you're in it, we're in it together. And then I started winning, well, I didn't, but my students started winning awards. And I started a lot of things outside of my class. And that helped build the program. So, you know, I've got a few things up my sleeve that have really worked. Yeah, I think that the the whole idea of trying to get in students that you know are going to be valuable to your program and that you know are um, going to have the skill set that that you really need because it's you know what we what we teach it's in a lot of ways it's it's like a sport and you know a coach they 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 want you know kids that they know are going to have the skill set for their sport and you know we have a you know a class where there's a variety of different roles so there's a you know an opportunity for a variety of different people and kids and um but they have to you know really be good at what they do because it's going to be shown to to everybody um and i you know i liked your point about going down to drama because i've kind of looked at that myself as trying to get certain drama kids like hey let's let's get you on camera let's put you in front of a camera because you really you have that that uh that that ability to really speak with a uh, you know, good inflection and um, to really pace your what you're saying and how you're saying it. Um, and so, tell me about you know how that process of kind of finding the kids and and um, really trying to kind of recruit some kids into your program. Uh, what you kind of looked for and and you know how that how that worked for you, I guess. So, I think I'm going to be like every teacher. Where I'm going to look for work ethic. Um, so my program is a lot like everybody else's. You start off at level one, you're teaching the basics. Level two, you're actually getting the kids to apply those basics in full-on video production. And number three, you're producing, um, I created, um, a class called The Morning Show. And that's all they work on. But it's storytelling, it's, it's a whole bunch of things. And I made that class, the morning show, something of value to the students. So I made an application process. And I got the counselors to buy in on this. You can't automatically go from level two to level three just because you're in it. You actually have to apply. And the application process is pretty simple. You have to write a paper why you're um, supposed to be in this class. Um, you have to submit three bodies of work. And you have to get a teacher recommendation. Uh, actually, two. T 
teacher recommendations. So the teacher that you have to get, one of them has to be an English teacher. I hold our English department as the top of the top. Um, so to give you an idea of how stringent that is, uh, we've produced a lot of videos through the years, and our top viral video was a video called Here Kitty Kitty. Um, and the video was uh, a music video that we wrote and my one of my students produced. It was wildly successful. That kid did not make the morning show. And it sent a message to everybody else like, oh, you don't automatically get in because you're good. You get in because you've filled out the application, you've gotten a recommendation, you've gotten some, some good stuff behind you. So I made the morning show something of value. It's prestigious to get on that show. And occasionally you're going to get that level one student that is freaking awesome. You know that kid. He's the kid that comes in in the morning, he's just working on your project, even though he doesn't have to, I would offer him the opportunity to skip level two and go to the morning show. So um, I made it so that that selection process is a big deal. So everybody in my program starts talking about it right in January because you have to fill all that stuff out. So... Um, that really helped my program a lot, a lot. So, in in order to make your your program you know feel like something of value to the students, you you said how it was important that the product that you put out is something that the students see value in, something that they you know look at and say, "Wow, I want to be a part of that." Um, yes. And you touched upon you know, getting the the uh, kid, you know, kids from drama and putting them on air. And what what elements do you think go into your show that really make it valuable to your campus and that really grab your students' attention and think, wow, that seems like something I really want to be a part of? Um, for one is uh, understanding that our audience are young people. Their attention span is very short. So I, the structure of the piece of the morning show has to quickly move. I can't have one person doing all the announcements. So what happens is we'll have two or three people doing the announcements and we'll chop them up so that it's never back to back. Um, then all students are required to do a project, uh, an in-depth story. An in-depth to high school is relative. Um, and um, I have some students that produce pure goofiness just for the sake of being goofy. So the morning show itself is not really a morning show. It's morning shows. There are a bunch of people, a bunch of segments in the show, um, and they're all short. And we have an assembly line process. And uh, when we get further into this, 
everything to me has to have a system. Uh, I'm very systems oriented. And it's kind of like McDonald's. And I hate to refer it like, oh, we're, we're like McDonald's. McDonald's, what makes McDonald's successful is not the fact that they make great hamburgers. It's just that a hamburger in Florida from McDonald's tastes exactly like a McDonald's hamburger in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I, I saw the founder, so uh, I, I I saw the the whole behind the, the whole look back at the uh, the history of that and how uh, you know it's it's the system in which it's put together. But yeah, so I know what you're talking about. So it, it you you got to develop the system, and the system is trainable. To give you an idea of how good the system is, and it's not without its little uh, foibles, but to give you an idea of how good the system is, there have been a number of occasions where I'm not there to help produce the show. I, I do a lot, now I'm doing a lot more outside of school, and the show still goes on. And it goes on because everybody knows the system. There isn't one person with the magic key. If somebody goes down, somebody's got to fill in and do the teleprompter. Somebody's got to fill in and do the announcements. Someone's got, so it's, it's a bunch of pieces, and if one person goes down, somebody else can be right behind them to fill in. And that's what makes a successful show. Now, I've looked at a lot of morning shows, and... There are tons of morning shows that are out there that I just go, wow, I don't, I don't know how they did it. Uh, for example, if you watch Carlsbad High School, they're producing a live show every day. Um, and when I show my students, they're like, no way, they can't, that can't be live. Yeah, um, and if you've ever met Doug Green, uh, he's, he's one of those people who just, to me, he walks on water. Um, and then you've got shows like that are really good, newsworthy, like uh, Fort Mill in South Carolina, uh, Karen McKinnon, um, or Roswell High School, uh, right around the corner from me. Um, so I get a lot of inspiration, but our show is, we're producing a show twice a week which is not easy to do. Uh, do you produce a live show or a, a pre-work? Uh, heck no. It's uh, definitely taped. Uh, I'm, I'm all with you in the whole... I, I, you know, uh, it's definitely kind of crazy, I think, some people that do live shows, but uh, live show is something, unless you really believe in it and just want to do it, uh, I, I'm sure there are some schools out there with teachers that are doing live shows just because that's how things have always been done, but... You know, I, I, you know, if there's a new teacher that I, I talk to, and I've talked to a couple of them that you'll say, oh yeah, we do a live show, and I, I try to tell them, look, unless you like just really believe in it and want to do a live show because you think that that's a great, you know, value for your kids, like yeah, no, I'm all for taping the show and uh, giving yourself that that comfort. But yeah. So, uh, we're producing. Um, technically, we produce four shows because our morning show sometimes is so long, um, the administration gets ticked off because they'll only give us eight minutes, but we've got a 14-minute show. 
well, that's real easy. Just take out all the good stuff and send a link to both. Um, so we upload to YouTube and I send a link that goes to two shows. Teachers have the option of picking the long one or the short one. And our analytics show overwhelmingly 90% pick the long one. But in order to make the administration happy, we have a short one that is just announcements. That's it. There's like nothing real fluffy about it. So, um, yeah, the, the morning show has really, really helped our program uh, because for us teachers, video teachers, it's the face of your program. So if you're producing a crappy program, stop. <laughs> Just stop right there and go, what will it take to produce something better? And um, unfortunately, 10 years ago, there really wasn't anything. I had to figure it out, and I kind of got lucky. And so um, that format has stuck. So I, I like the format. It works for us. But like I said, Carlsbad, they're in, a, they're in another dimension. Totally yeah. another dimension. I, I was familiar with them back when I was in high school. In the, they were winning National Emmy Awards back in the mid-2000s when, um, uh, uh, during the first six years that the, the Emmys were giving out uh, student awards. And, uh, yeah, I, I was familiar with them back then and saw what they did. And it's like, oh my gosh, what, like, look at this. This is amazing. Um, so, uh, they, they've just always kind of been as amazing as they are. It feels like it just, it seems like they've never declined. Like, it doesn't seem like they've even just grown from anything. They, they sprouted up as really good and then they've just always been really good. So it's just an amazing program to look at. Um, I want to play devil's advocate though, a little bit with you. Cause I, I totally, be, uh, 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 agree with you in the, the sense that your your pro your um your show is is definitely the face of your program like that I I wholeheartedly believe is uh, just really really important any TV production program if you have a broadcast that goes out to the school you need to make sure that broadcast is is a good quality you need to make sure that you're making it the best quality you can because that's the one thing that you know people are definitely going to see anything else you make people may or may not see but you definitely know that your school is going to see that but. Uh, there are, I, I mean, like, I, I'm sure there are teachers that don't really believe in caring about that, that particular broadcast. Maybe it's because you know, their program wants to focus more on film production and maybe they want to spend their focus on a narrative film production. And so they just throw some kids in front of the camera and just read announcements or something. Um, or some might even, you know, see the broadcast, uh, as, you know, maybe kind of like a, a dying thing simply because, you know, kids have phones and they can get information from Twitter. And, um, I mean, I know when we show our broadcasts, we have to compete with kids, you know, kids, like I look around my room to see, okay, what are the students in my classroom doing as our broadcast plays at what, what parts are they paying attention to more? What parts are they looking at their phone for? So, you know, what would you say to the teacher who's are you know, making the point or arguing that, you know, look, I don't, I don't think that it is important. You know, why do you think it is you know, still and, and can, will continue to be an important part of your program? I'm, I'm a huge proponent of marketing. And the program that does not market themselves is going to lose out to something else. So 
we're all competing for the same student. Not really, because your AP classes, very few kids are going to go, oh, broadcast video, AP lit. I think I'm going to do AP lit. The reason being is because they're convinced that AP is going to get them into college. So we have to market and we want to show entertainment. So our job as, as a video teacher is to inform the school of which we're doing, is to um, entertain and to unite the school. So you have to pick a common thing that's going to pull the school together. And it's the one thing that students all do is watch the show. And we make sure that there's something on that show that's going to be of value to somebody watching. Um, that being said, yeah, there are some teachers out there that are teaching film. You want to grow your film program? Then, by God, you better be producing great films and getting students to watch them and having red carpet things. I mean, I'm fine with that. Um... This is just an easy way of marketing your program. It's also an easy way of building good, solid relationships with teachers and administrators. So I look at school kind of like, I know this is going to sound really sick, but kind of like prison um, in that... You and every high schooler, I think, would agree with you. But we, you need to kind of do favors for administrators to get what you want. So, like, football is going to get a lot of good stuff because they're a marketing arm for the school. They are drawing people to come out on Friday nights to spend money. Well, um, if they're going out there, then by God, video is going to be out there too. Um, so I want to do favors for administrators, teachers, and whatever, and I get favors in return. I, I've got a big presentation. I go down to the media center. I get to do whatever I want, which is kind of nice because I do a lot of technology help to a lot of people. It just opens the door for my day to go a little bit easier. So I don't even know if I answered your question. I forgot what the question was. Um, but to your point, I think we I ramble a lot. Yeah, no, you you. Uh, I think your point about the making like seeing it as a marketing tool that's definitely like that. That's a great way to look at it. I think because um, I mean, depending I guess on how big your campus is, you never know when like because every kid is is depending on. I mean, it's different for every school and how it's run and. But, you know, our students, there's a set amount of time that is allotted for the, our broadcast to be shown. Some teachers don't turn it on, but, you know, they're always going to have that. But but most will. And, and um, you know, there are students on campus that, you know, are told, hey, watch this. And there's a fair amount that may not pay attention. But you never know when that one student who sees the broadcast on and just kind of in the back of their mind thinks, huh, that's interesting. Like, that's an interesting thing that, you know, some students here, that's an interesting thing to be able to do. 
And then maybe like you know, by their sophomore or junior year, that sparks an interest and they decide, hey, I want to check out that class. Um, just because some, you know, some little thing they saw on the broadcast sparked their interest and they thought, hey, that's something I think I could do. Yes. So um, to your point, that does happen a lot, a whole lot. Um, so one of the, my marketing ideas, and we'll see how this goes, uh, a lot of schools have done this, including us, um, for homecoming instead of our pep rally, we're going to do a lip dub. And um, we did one four years ago, and my principal absolutely loved it. It was scary as hell, uh, but it's going to be a pep rally of 2,300 participants. Our school is 2,300 students. Um, so it's a, it's a big school. Um, and we are going to do a lip-dub. The nice part about all of this... Um, the principal's son is in my program. Two assistant principal's sons are also in my program. Things are quite easy. Um, I'm all for marketing. So LipDub, what the LipDub is going to do is actually put our video out into the community. And it's also going to put it in a place where it needs to go. And that's the middle school. Uh, so the middle school is a viable source of your food chain as a teacher. So I make sure that my middle school, feeder school, gets our programming. The other nice part about that middle school is the woman who teaches video at the middle school was one of my students. Nice. So, uh. Um, it, it just, it really, really helps that she's feeding my program and, yeah. uh, I worked really hard at getting her into that middle school. Uh, it's in a prestigious area. A lot of people want that job and I pulled a lot of strings and got her that job and, oh my God, she's a kick butt teacher. <laughs> she's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's definitely helpful when you... You know, they have someone that's been to your program, so they are not only just, you know, telling kids, oh, yeah, there's this program over there. They're able to specifically talk about their own experience in your program so that your students have something to relate to and understand to, so that they're so that those students are interested in then you know, continuing on in that class uh, into your program. The, the the other thing about that marketing to the middle school um the first, we give out a letter. Uh, you can letter in our, in my video program. So you can earn enough points to letter. So you letter by um, producing videos or doing things outside of class. The first person to letter in my program was a middle school student. She was, she did my summer camp two sessions in a row. She was at every football game on Friday night. Every single, She was at a football game working camera as a sixth grader at a game that I wasn't even at. Her dad actually was there and oversaw it and she earned enough points and we sent the letter to the middle school and the middle school had a whole big 
celebration on this little girl earning a letter. Well, what do you think that did to my program? <laughs> like, we have, we have more students now than we've ever had because of that letter. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, huge marketing proponent. All right, very cool. And, uh, I, I mean, everything we've been talking about touches upon this, but you're a big fan of um, uh, your phrase, running it like a business, and running your program, running your classroom like a business. Um, I remember I went to uh, your uh, session in Atlanta that uh, was even titled Running It Like a Business, and, and you talked about some of uh, what you do. Uh, tell us, what, what are some other ways and some other things that you would like teachers to, to kind of know about and be aware of as far as what it means to run your program like a business? So uh, it's actually called Run It Like You Own It. Uh, and, Run It Like You Own It, that was the, the title for it. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. So um, Run It Like You Own It, there's a lot of people that are actually doing it that don't even know that's what they're doing. So Run It Like You Own It is where everybody in the organization has a vested interest in the success of that organization. So usually the teacher thinks it's just me. I'm running everything. I'm doing everything. It's my program. And when you adopt this philosophy, run it like you own it, one of the first things I tell students is that edit bay and that Mac, that's yours. That's your computer. And when a guest comes into the studio, I could give a great tour of my studio, but I want to see the students give a tour. So they now have a vested interest in the program itself, what it looks like, what it, it feels like. And when I get observed by my administration, um, I used to tell the administrators what I was doing. Now I just go pick an edit bay, any edit bay, and walk in there and just ask what they're doing. And the students will actually tell the administrator what they're doing, and they have ownership. Um, and that ownership translates into, I want to produce something good. I want to be good. I want to take care of the equipment. I, like, they have a vested interest in it. It's their program. Um, I also have the philosophy that I'm in the service business, and I serve the students. So I look at my program kind of like a restaurant, that if the person leaves that restaurant with a really bad experience, they're probably not going to come back. Or worse, they're going to tell other people not to come back. So I, I, I feel like I want the student to have a great experience. I'm not concerned about tests. Tests don't mean anything to me. Um, I'm in this for the long haul. So I had to pick what do I want the student to leave my program with whether they're in my program for a year or four years. I want them to leave with, if I told them they had to do a 30-second, and I don't even know where my camera is on this, if I told them they had to do a 30-second video on this pen, 
go for it, they could do a 30-second video on the pen. So, um, I have invested my program to be something that is for the long term. Uh, run it like you own it also empowers the student. So, ask the student what they want to learn. When the student tells you what they want to learn, it's kind of like them telling you what they want to eat. So if you're a restaurant and, it, and your patron says, I want a steak medium rare, well, by God, you better give them a steak medium rare. Because if you give him a steak well done, he may eat it, but he's not coming back. And so when you give the student what they want to learn, they're actually telling you, I want to learn this. We may not learn it right away, but we'll get to it. So the first thing I do the first week of school is I send out a form. Uh, it's a Google Doc. Costs nothing. Put it on my website. What do you want to learn? And I read it. And I'll sit down with the Starbucks or whatever, and I'll just go, wow, that kid wants to learn After Effects. I don't, I'm not good at After Effects, but if that kid wants After Effects, I'm putting that, that program in that kid's hand. So that empowerment is really, really good for the student. Um... I empower the student by letting them use technology for the sake of using technology. I don't mean play Fortnite in the computer, you know, in the computer lab. I mean use your phone and let's see what you can do with your phone. Um, so there's I go through a whole litany of items on run it like you own it. Uh, I wish I could say I originated the term, but I didn't. Uh, I was at a conference. A business conference that I was videotaping about 25 years ago and it made so much sense to me that I adopted it so I do run it like you own it and systemizing your program so two things that will make your program successful whether or not you're a good teacher or not those two things will make your program successful what and which one? Uh, what what what's systemizing your program mean exactly? Systemizing your program is um, actually having a system for the way you run your your program. I'll give you an example. Um, about four years ago, um, there was a teacher at a high school, and believe it or not, when students turned in their work they turned it in on VHS tape four years ago. So he would have to take all of those tapes, go home and watch them. And that was his system. And it was clunky. The kids hated it. My system is fairly simple. Uh, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs, so I keep everything very simple. When a project is uploaded, it's automatically uploaded to YouTube, copy the URL, go to my website, turn in the assignment, and paste it. I've got a date and time stamp. I can export a, an Excel sheet, and I can see every kid, what they've turned in and when they've turned it in. Um, it's very simple.
So the students have a buy-in. So their thing is they want to turn in work and get a grade. That's what they want. So I want to make turning in work so simple that they can do it on their phone outside of my class. So if they uploaded a video, the bell rings, they can walk down the hall, copy the URL on their phone, go to my website, which is automatically bookmarked in their phone, and turn it in. That's systemizing your business or systemizing your classroom. How you take in work. That's huge. Because if you have, like when I first started, I took paper. Um, we didn't have Google Docs 10 years ago. Um, now everything is Google Docs. So I use a smidge of technology, but I use it as a tool. But it's a system. My morning show is a system. It's an assembly line process. Um, when teachers want to give me an announcement, they have to go to my website. They hit request a segment. They write the ad copy. That goes right to my teleprompter. Like, I don't have to, I don't get an email. It goes right into the teleprompter. And all the announcements are compiled, and they can only come from a teacher. And they're put on a board, and they're checked off as they're recorded. It's a system, and it's very simple. Uh, I wish it was like this big, magnificent system, but no, it's, it's really simple. So that's systemizing your business, or systemizing your class. Very cool. And I imagine that you talk about both of these philosophies at the uh, video teacher workshop that uh, you did over the summer. Um, do you want to tell us about that and, and what you know you, you did at that workshop? Yes. So um, in the summer, I, I have been running uh, a camp that I target middle school kids. And um, there is a thing that at Georgia, it's called Camp T&I. And the Georgia broadcast or the Georgia video teachers go to this thing down in Savannah. Um, and it's this really great program and it, there's a lot of networking. But what I noticed is that teachers, especially four years and under, um, haven't developed a system. They're sort of flying by the seat of their pants, um, just like I did. Um, and... Um, I wanted to give those teachers an opportunity to figure out what works and what doesn't. So I cover, I, this was the first uh, summer that I did it was this past summer, and it was actually proved to be successful. It's a two-day workshop. Um, it's not overwhelming. It's in my studio. Um, there's hotels all within, like, two miles of my, uh, my school. Um, I make sure that there's food, that like lunch is included and snacks are included. Um, I don't want a teacher to go, wow, I didn't bring my lunch, I'm starving. You don't have to go anywhere. We, I bring in lunch, it's very important. I bring in uh, beverages and I teach 
how to lay out your class. Um, I also teach what kind of equipment will you need. So if you're doing a live program, you're going to need a TriCaster. If you're doing uh, production like I am, you're going to need a good editing system, something that's rock solid, something that's simple and easy to use. Since I'm all Mac, all of our productions get airdropped to the morning showroom. So you could be anywhere in our studio, you finish a video, you export it out to um, our timeline in our morning show. So I teach all of that. Um, some of it is overwhelming, but usually the teacher that's been teaching even a year can figure out, oh, what I did that first year is not working. And I go over how to attract good students, um, how to build a team. Um, I go through all of that so that when those teachers go back to school in August, that they have something to refer back to. And then I support them all during the year. So I've been doing this actually for free for the past six years. It's only last year that I started charging for it. And um, I have several school systems that have actually reached out to me that would like for me to help consult. So, as I said, I've only got two and a half more years to go. i got to have something else. Uh, that may be it. So, yeah, the workshop um, has definitely worked, and uh, I'm definitely doing it again. Um, so, it's, it's been very successful. So, I, I'm very appreciative of the teachers that actually did it. And so... Uh, I may be speaking again at STN about the teacher workshop, so we'll see. I haven't talked with Nancy um, since, you know, the summer, so we'll see how that goes. Very cool. Yeah, I know. I definitely uh, got got emails uh, via the listserv from from you about that, and so it's it's cool when you've got you know, teachers and and because I mean around the country we're just all spread out so much and. Yeah. Uh, so like there may be a workshop happening in one part of the country, but it's like, man, I gotta, you know, I gotta fly out there. You know, I'm down here in Florida and if I'm a teacher that I, you know, is like, well, I'm in my first year and I see you know, your program. I mean, I, I could drive up to Georgia. So, you know, for yeah. different teachers, it makes it a little bit easier for them to have opportunities to go somewhere that might be within their region. Um, you know, depending on if they can get around the country or not. So. Um, but you are, uh, so you were the 2016 STN teacher of the year and your program, uh, as a part of the student television network. Um, just real quickly tell us about, you know, how that's beneficial for your program and why you believe in being a part of an organization like STN. Um, so STN, um, I heard about for years and honestly, I, I was just too overwhelmed to do anything cause I was doing things within my community um, and then I started looking at STN, knew that they were coming into Atlanta, um, and contacted Nancy and said, you know, these are the things that I've done. Uh, I want to be a part of STN. And she goes, well, you should, you know, um, throw your hat in the ring for like teacher of the year. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, 
And then I started doing more and more and a lot more. And um, Nancy looked at my resume and uh, they called me one day out of the blue before STN and said, um, you know, we are coming to Atlanta and we want to let you know that we have selected you as teacher of the year. So, um, of course, I was just blown away. Um, I was doing so much outside of school that I didn't have an opportunity to invite my students as a collective group, and it's probably one of my biggest regrets. However, I invited students to just go on their own, so they drove down to Atlanta, and the kids that could drive were not the kids that I wanted at STN. Um, what I found out, STN is really good to take, like, freshmen to that program because they'll talk it up and they feed your program. Um, so while I was in Atlanta, Nancy asked me to speak. Um, I've got a variety of topics that I speak on, so I spoke. And on a whim, um, I also wound up producing a video that won, it's the only video contest I've ever entered and the only one I ever won, um, but I actually show that video to my students uh, in terms of storytelling. Um, and I'm, it's a video that I'm really proud of because it's a story that every single video teacher went, yeah, I've got that student. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I knew who my audience was. So I wrote the piece directly to go to the heart of every video teacher. So anybody that ever watches uh, Expect the Unexpected, they're going to go, yeah, I've, I've gotten that student. Yeah, I, I remember watching that, that video because it, 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 it stood out because I remember you winning and thinking like, oh, hey, hey he was the teacher of the year and he uh, won the teacher video contest too in the same year and and so, and then I really paid attention to the video. I remember after realizing that and, um, cause I'd been to your session as well. And, uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was a really, uh, it was definitely a story that, you know, like really kind of tugged at my heartstrings cause, um, you know, it's one of those things that just every teacher, it's just, you know, has those students that they have to, they know that maybe that student is, is struggling now or feeling kind of down about themselves now, but they, you know, you have to be able to see that within them that they can become something more than, they might initially think that they can be so, uh, but yeah, and and you did it with the the I don't know what it's called, but the the marker the yeah it's like called yeah sparkle, so okay. so I I um I did it with that and when if you listen to the video really closely at the time I had a mouthful of braces, and um I I could barely speak like my mouth was so raw. Um, I had like a lisp, I had, it was just horrible, but, um, I did the voiceover in one take, um, two glasses of wine, um, that helped, um, and then literally I wrote that script, um, I would say five minutes, uh, that's about how long it took, uh, most of the scripts that I write, I can knock out in about five, ten minutes. 
So um, I have a really nice studio that I absolutely love. Uh, my wife helped decorate it and it's got all the things that I love and it helps me stay creative. Um, so yeah, I was that was a proud moment, 2016. Um, and I wound up winning uh, Teacher of the Year for State of Georgia for um, the trade and industrial section. Um, I was a runner-up for Teacher of the Year um, for our school, and so it was, it was it was a great year. It was a great year, and I think I've been in the for in the running for Teacher of the Year for the last seven years. Um, so I've never won for my school, but uh, that's on my bucket list. Yeah, you got you got those three years uh, still left there. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are uh, nearing. Uh, we're we're passing the hour mark here, and uh, I know that you've got your video to work on, and uh, yes. it is pretty much my. It's a. It's in the middle of the week right now. It's a school night. It's pretty much uh, my bedtime for me because uh, uh, the the work week just tends to exhaust me, especially this time of year. Yeah, and you're gonna be a daddy. Right? I am. That's true. It's uh, a week. We're we're a week away now. <laughs> so this number one. Yeah, this is our first. Uh, this will be our first kid. So at the time that I get this episode posted, I will probably be a father. But at the time of recording this, uh, my wife is very much uh, anxious to eventually get this uh, get this child out of her. So yes. Um, yes. Do we know so, if it's a boy or a girl? Yeah, it's a boy. So we're we're uh, we're all set for with our. Uh, you know, boy-related clothing items and toys and all that. You yeah. didn't name him Donald, did you? Oh, uh, definitely not. No, that okay. that that was probably lowest on the the list for us. Okay. Uh, okay. We, we went with Benjamin. Benjamin's his name. So I like Benjamin. That's yeah. very. Um, I, I'm a huge Ben Franklin fan. So yes, um, nice. So yeah, you Benjamin is that's a that's a great name. I don't think there was any one char- like person or character that stood out to us. Although we we've been rewatching Parks and Rec, and so it's uh, Ben Wyatt's one of the characters in there, and uh, so that th- we kind of realized, hey, yeah, we really like the name Ben, and um, and so anyway, it was just one of the few names that stood out to us as like, hey, that's a name because there's a lot of boy names we went through, and we're like, ah, eh, we don't like that name, and Ben stood out to us. So, um, but yes, that will be our life very shortly here. Um, Enjoy that, like. It goes by in a blink of an eye, and I'm sure. Um, it, it's unfortunately you don't get a manual. They you, you just they hand you a baby and you go, oh wait, we got to put this in the car seat, and you'll figure that out. Uh, definitely have somebody videotape that first car seat uh, ride, because that's about you're going to be so nervous, and it's going to go <laughs> smoothly. But you're gonna be like, oh God, I, I am carrying my package. This is my package. I got my wife. I've got my baby, and like, you're gonna be driving like, Mister Old Man. Um, yeah. But oh my God, I'm so excited for you. I'm like, I'm, and I think anybody that's watching this, I think we're all doing the same thing. We're like, woo. So yes, um, I'm very excited for you. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you. I will apply. I think I'm going to take the run it like you own it uh, philosophy and apply that to parenthood and uh, 
see how, how that, that works out for uh, how that mindset, <laughs> how that mindset can be applicable in, in parenthood. Oh my God, parenthood is a totally different animal. Um, it, it's, it does, it defies logic, but I will tell you one thing. If you ever want to get a raise when your kid is about three, take your kid into your boss and have your kid ask your boss for a raise for you because that's just almost uh that's like cheating because the kid's just going to be like whining and crying and the boss is just going to go all right all right all right you can have the raise you can have the raise so yeah definitely do that but enjoy this time and be nice to your wife because uh she's probably uncomfortable right now I'm, i'm doing everything i can to try to alleviate that as best as i can Excellent. Excellent. Let me ask one more question here. So the okay. um, I, I try to end every episode. Well, two things I wanna wanna end every episode with is I wanna uh, ask you to just mention really quick what like where where can people go to either uh, check out your students' work or just anything that you'd like to plug for your program. Um, just let us know what, what we can do. Two things. One is, or actually a few. Uh, AHSvideo.com, uh, which is my school website. Um, there you'll find, um, a, my website is about 80 pages long, so there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information. Um, if you click on the morning show, it'll take you to AHS video on YouTube, so you got that. I have a new website that I just got the domain for, which is thevideoteacher.org. Um, there's nothing on that website as of yet, but I secured the domain name and on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, the video teacher and there I will be posting, um, kind of like semi-weekly videos that are designed to inspire video teachers that are designed to kind of talk about the problems that we all face in the classroom um, to let everybody know that, yes, you're going to have students that are not going to do any work, but please don't focus on those people because um, that's what we all focus in on. Focus in on the kid that is just sucking up all the information that they can. Focus on that kid. Instead of writing a letter to mom and dad the, about the kid that's not doing the work, write an email to the mom and dad of the kid that's doing awesome work and just tell them that they're doing awesome. So you can find me, you can Google me. Uh, I've, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at Tracy Meisner. Uh, you can link into me. I've, you know, I'm connected to about five or 600 people. Um, I've been doing business for a very long time. And, um, yeah, you can, you can see a lot of my work. Uh, currently I'm in a dispute with, uh, Vimeo. And so all of my personal videos are currently locked away in Vimeo land. Um, so I'm trying to straighten that out, um, which is disheartening because I've got nine years of video work on there. Um, so, uh, but you can see my students work. Um, we've, gotten 16 student uh, production awards from Natus. 
So uh, we've, we've had a lot of success. Um, and I know Karen McKimmy and I, we are staunch competitors. She's the most competitive woman I ever have met. Uh, and she has this southern demure, drinks her glass of wine, but oh my God, she's the most competitive woman. And I love competing against her more than anybody. Um, I respect the heck out of what she does. And just in case you don't know, um, she's got, I think, three videos that are going to nationals mm -hmm. uh, from yeah. Student Production Awards. So Yeah, I think uh, this year, I think they've got, I, I saw her post just today, they announced the, the finals, and I uh, think she has two of them, I think, yep. that uh, are, are nominated for, and they won Best Newscast in the Country, I forget if it was last year or the year before. Yep. They won Best Newscast in the Country, so they do an awesome job over there. Yes. Oh my God. I just, I'm in love with everything that they do over there. Um, and, uh, oh my God, her students are amazing. Um, and I, I love my students too. And my students are amazing, but yeah, if you're in Atlanta, definitely come by. I'd love to, I, I welcome all video teachers all over the country. And I've had a lot of them come spend a day in my class and see the chaos. Um, and, um, yeah, and I, I hope everybody has a great, great year. So that I think that was, I got my plug in. So what else did... Uh, All right, the, this, the last question is, uh, and this can just be a real short answer, but when, uh, it's the, the they teach that question. So when you get someone that uh, asks you, you know, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, when you meet someone new, you, they ask, what do you do for a living? Um, and then you say, you know, I teach TV production or, or whatever. Um, and then they, you know, they, they tend to react like, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't know they taught that. I didn't know that that was something that, that you know, the schools had. Um, what do you, how do you tend to answer the question, what do you do for a living? How do you tend to answer that to people and, and kind of, you know, how, how do they end up reacting? Um, it's funny you say that. Um, usually it goes, what do you do for a living? I teach at Alpharetta High School. Really, what do you teach? Film and video. Wow. They teach that now? And I go, yes. And they go, what kind of stuff do they do? And I go, I have a full television production studio. And they're like, where do your kids go to school after that? And I go... USC Film School, NYU Film School, uh, UNCSA Film School, uh, University of Georgia Film School, FSU Film School. They're like, oh. Or they start their own business. So, yeah, I get that. They teach that? For all of us video teachers and film teachers out there, when you say it, there are a lot of people that envy us, that go, wow. I wish I could do that. And um, this is a cool gig. It's, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited every single day that I walk in the classroom. And um, we do some amazing things. You do, Karen McKimmy does, Chris Beekner over at Centennial. Like I, I'm amazed at what kids are doing. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm, I'm truly honored that I got asked to do this gig, um, and I love every minute of it. 
Awesome. Well, with that, let's uh, close this out. Uh, Tracy, good luck with your video this evening and uh, good luck with uh, your school year. All right. So that was Tracy Meisner. Uh, definitely recommend checking out his website, ahsvideo.com. He wasn't kidding when he said there are about 80 pages to that site. So lots of content uh, that he uses for his class there. Um, well worth your time to, to peruse through that. And then he also has thevideoteacher.org. Um, Tracy has his workshop coming up on June 24th. Not sure if he's got registration closed off or not, but um, if you're in that region of the country um, around uh, Georgia and you are interested in registering, you can go to thevideoteacher.org to register. Or if it's just something you maybe want to consider for the future, um, again, thevideoteacher.org. Definitely check that out. Uh, all right, so I plan to have more episodes in your feed, hopefully, hopefully, in the next couple weeks. Uh, I have two panel discussions that I hosted with students and then one documentary episode coming up. I'm also going to probably change up the music on these episodes. Kind of getting a little tired of the stuff that I had from last year. So if you hit play and it sounds different, then that'll be why. Hopefully uh, it'll be a good different. I don't know. I picked out a couple tracks and I uh, got to find one that I think might be a little more fitting. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Share it with your colleagues who may not otherwise know it exists. I mean, it's been almost a year since I posted an episode. So if there's someone new out there that, you know, you don't think uh, uh, followed along with the episodes I posted last year, um, share this with them. Let them know I'm going to be posting some new episodes and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll find it helpful. Uh, I'll really try to keep it going over the summer as best as I can. Thanks for listening. And my son, Benjamin, is going to be the one to sign us out. Ben, are you going to say goodbye to everyone? Say bye. Yeah, you say bye. Bye-bye. You say bye-bye.